this house, there's some holes in this house, there's some holes. I guess our music died. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my, what the fuck happened here? Anyway, welcome to the Wednesday Locker Room, ladies and gentlemen. I am the Andrew Bello. We're going to get to this gentleman in a second, but as you can tell, based on the awkward production and uh, the fact that I'm the first one talking, <laughs> Billy Ray's not joining us this week. Uh, we wish him well. He's not feeling good. Uh, I figured uh, it out. Hold on. There, ah! <laughs> <laughs> We're live, pal. Right. We're live. 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 We're Pussy. Anyway, welcome to the Wednesday locker room. Hashtag WLR on Hameen Media Group on the PW Hustle live on YouTube and coming to your airwaves via various podcasts at some point, I'm sure. Anyway, I'm the Andrew Bello. Now that we're doing this all over again, I'm talking first. Billy Ray's not here, even though he just was. Just ignore that. It was a figment of your imagination. Anyway, it is me. We might have a hoe join us, but more importantly than myself, obviously, if there is anyone walking this earth more important than myself, it is my co-host for this evening, and he comes to us from the island of Rhode by way of the land of the Sun Devil, by way of the Denver airport, perhaps taking him back to the island of Rhode some point in the near term. He stands at six feet, 6.6 inches tall, weighing in at an unbelievably svelte 666 pounds. All fucking biceps. He is the master of the massive memories, the connoisseur of the colossal kajungas, and the hunker of you. Huge Hooters. Yeah, that's still Triple H. I guess he's all right for now. He was Booker of the Year, apparently, according to the marks. <laughs> anyway, he's sexy. He's stranglery. Strangler. Steve. There's no Billy Ray Valentine, right? Wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. Uh, he's he's off in the distance, just kind of listening to us and just shaking his head and going, "Boy, this show sucks without me, brother." What can I say? But uh, he's feeling a little under the weather, so we're gonna take this um, as the uh, a, a duet, as so they would say in the music industry. But we're hoping that um, Colin joins us. We sent him a link. Uh, Colin, you can. Uh, no Join the show if you like, and uh, yeah, no pressure. We're just gonna 
pretend that we like all the things that you're saying, then later in our group chat, we're going to just eviscerate you and uh, <laughs> tell you how, well, what a bad idea it was to have him on. Yeah. No wonder the show sucks so bad, blah, blah, blah. But I uh, don't no, no, come on the show. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> hear your thoughts about the chamber. But uh, it's been a cool week, Bells. I'm, I, I'm on um, like a kind of a semi-vacation right now because um, I only had a half a day at work today and I'm off for like the next week. Except for like I have to go in for like one hour on Thursday, which is weird, like seven a.m. to eight a.m. just to kind of make sure that some some things are going down. But uh, I've been there, kind of, kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. So like it's, it's kind of cool getting to have a little bit of free time, and um, it's actually the whole month of March. Like the first half of it is very light for me, so it's kind of like a little spring break for me. So it's kind of fun, and uh, I'm already looking forward to going to Mania. We have our flights and everything booked, the hotels booked, pretty much everything's booked and ready to go. And I'm uh, kind of looking forward to that. I was saying to my wife as we were watching NXT tonight, let's take a vacation. And she goes, we're going on a vacation <laughs> in one month. I said, yeah, I know. But another one that I call that. going to Philadelphia vacation. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> so it's all yeah. about the location, right? You got to like yeah. seeing that Philly as a vacation is not really great. But I mean, at least we'll have fun while they're there. But I'm, you ever get in that like that mood like where you know you just kind of have a hankering for a road trip and you just want to get out and kind of stretch your wings and see where you end up i do yeah every so often uh and then i realize how much i like my couch and um yeah i end up back sure. there yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that's nothing me. will beat the comfort of your own house that's for sure yeah no that's it the exciting life of your god of thunder uh couches uh kanye remixes by the way many on the way check me out on youtube at the andrew bellow um and on the x as well you can always find me there that's where the songs are getting posted speaking to the x brother we had some uh, some explosive wrestling community slash politics kind of all colliding today on x i don't know how aware you are of this paul Heyman situation uh but it's all yeah, i really I, want I, to talk about <laughs> okay well I, I saw you tagged me in that and it's, it's a picture from like the the beach or whatever some high-rise condo or whatever and yeah. it kind of almost makes reference from the river to the sea in a way, Bingo. like the way it was written. I thought that was kind of weird for a guy who's obviously, as we all know, is Jewish. So it was kind of a strange, um, weird thing. Okay. So. All right. So then the, the, you kind of caught on to it at, at part two. So part okay. one of the story is originally some rando that I'm, I, I, I don't know how rando he is. Maybe, I don't know. He's a little less rando than me per se, but nevertheless, he's out there. He's on X. He, he happens to notice that for some reason, and maybe this was only on his personal feed, this happens to me all the time, um, is that he noticed Paul Heyman was trending ahead of the guy who set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy recently. <laughs> and he pulled it out. <laughs> to which Mr. Heyman responded, he quote tweets it, and he says, um, my tribal chief, the people's champ, Solo, Jimmy, and I set the ratings, the box office, and the WWE universe on fire every time we appear. And tags the network, tags the Usos, wow. tags Ooh. Fox on WWE on Fox, yeah. hashtag Island of Relevancy, hashtag WrestleMania, hashtag Bloodline. For the record, Paul Heyman is a fucking genius. This, yes, got, every, this got everyone talking about it all day, so then he gets all the blowback. And that's when he posted that second one where he was, uh, you know, mm -hmm. basically taking his shot at all the 
pro-Palestinian folk out there uh, in turning their own kind of phrase against them. But right. uh, I have many a thought about this, Striz, but I'm, I'm curious to think what now, now that you've kind of gotten the full scope of it, if that is the full scope, there may have been more recent developments, mm -hmm. but hey, so sue me. What do you got on this? Well, I mean, Paul Heyman is as old school as it gets. Think about where he came from. The Madison Square Garden Mecca of arenas being trained by the three wise men of wrestling, Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, and the Grand Wizard. This is what I would call a master class in trollery, where you take a situation and doubling and tripling down on it and getting your ass over, or in this trying to get heat, which is what a heel does. A baby faces over and a heel gets heat. Yeah. And uh, he took a situation that somebody else brought him into. He invoked Paul's name and Paul hit the ground running with that one and goes, well, that's just a, this is a hand me, you know, boop, boop, boop. Let's get everybody over. And he didn't just do it for himself. And that's the side of a true genius manager as he brought the other boys into the mix where who, who he manages to get, you know, let the heat help fall onto them. I do think it was kind of um, interesting that he tagged the companies, like, I mean, the networks and stuff, because that yeah. that's when things can start getting a little too real and, you know, when there's real sponsorships involved, you might want to, you know, for me, I'd be like, ooh, I hope they don't get blown back, but he he's untouchable at this point, and, you know, he'd rather um, apologize later than uh, be told no on something, so he's just going to be like, fuck it, you know, tweet, dive, repeat, and uh, here he is at the age of, like, he's got to be just kissing 60 years old at this point. He knows how to get heat better than any 25-year-old, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, he has time on his side on that, where he's, you know, been through the trenches, and he used to work in places where riots would break out. You know, people say they think they know wrestling's a work or whatever, but even though knowing that can still rile people up emotionally to get the, you know, what he's looking for, and all these years later, able to do the same thing. So, young guys who may be too afraid, and there's a point to that, that, that to tweet something like that, because it's it's political, and I don't want to show size or whatever. It, it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do and bring eyes to Polly and who he's working with, and it was great. And I can see a younger person not doing it because they don't have the 35 or 40 years in the business of clout to be able to be like, I got enough in the fucking cachet. I can <laughs> get a little heat on this one if it brings eyes to the product, you know, so be it. Because So there is that, that balance there, too, but... Uh, like I said, a master class in trollery, and that's showing people how you get things done. Yeah, it was uh, it was great, and the fact he he like I said, he doubles down. He uses like you know their chant against them. Also, mind yeah. you, I mean like look for those of you who aren't aware, uh, I'm not. I, I would I wouldn't call myself exactly a Zionist, but I am uh, an imperialist. Like there have been fucking conflicts. Israel's got that land. Like fucking get over it at this point. Like that's sort of how I feel about it. Um, I, I also look at it from the aspect of, you know, one side of this fence is fucking hiding their military installations under schools and hospitals. One side of this fence can live comfortably on the other side of the fence where it would never, ever be the other way around. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty easy in my opinion to kind of point out who the bad guys are here. Now, not necessarily saying everybody's playing fair. It's fucking war. Like no one's right. playing fair. It's yeah. war. And it's been going on forever. The fact that these two sides haven't completely fucking pounded each other into rubble at this point is sort of a miracle unto itself but until right. well, this conflict they, ends like this is what you have to deal with like this it's is too just the way of adventure for that, for that to end in any any generation uh going forward you know like war makes a lot of money for a lot of people and uh to to end the war or to end up even if they did end it by they all killed each other 
that's the end of some good business, brother. And when you're a war profiteer, hey, no, hey, you just gonna just take you know, just taste the the stick, you taste the carrot on the stick and get you close. And then we have the treaties. I and mean, it's like with wrestling, why do you have rules so you can break them? So that the treaty will break that. Yeah. And you know, if if you have any idea of how you know geopolitical stuff, kind of trust me, I'm no genius on the matter, but at least somebody who can recognize patterns can see the steps that people take and like the money that's made and you know the just when the US pulled out of Afghanistan alone leaving 85 billion dollars worth of you know uh, equipment and weapons and stuff to leave in the hands of our enemies that then go and get resold and kept and trained with the, you know our enemies and now have our equipment that's ridiculous you can if you have half a brain you can kind of see this pattern happening over generations and generations now and like that's one of the things with with the whole world having a video camera in their pocket and things get taped now and let out onto the internet with social media that we never had two generations ago like like the people can start to finally see these patterns that that never could see them before so it, in a way like having a, a phone that's constantly on your person and like this social media thing that never goes away can still be used as a good thing where you can educate people who just may be asleep to that kind of stuff and just think that they take everything at face value and having something like that now kind of, you know, you can show people timelines of here's what happened. And this is what, this is the, the, the problem, the reaction and the solution basically to everything that you've seen over the last, that last hundred year cycle of that, how everything happens again in these cycles, 80 year cycle or hundred year cycle. And now, you know, when there are people out there who will break all that down and show you, Hey, these are the reasons these things are happening. And didn't think we were going to get into like a horseman level conversation on uh, like geopolitics, but I mean, like bringing it up, it's like it's something so silly as a, a wrestling guy who tweets something that you know it pulls you right into that that world that you know we're living in there. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, and and this is one of these weird things that kind of it doesn't necessarily evenly split along political lines even necessarily. Like this is one of those issues where you kind of get some people on both sides of the fence to feel a certain way about it, which is uh, kind of interesting to me that it, it's like one of these transcendent issues that really, I mean, like how much does it affect us? Like not very much at all, realistically. I mean, I think, I think our partnership with Israel in terms of intelligence gathering is probably incredibly valuable. Other than that, like it's kind of like a money dump, but it is what it is. Uh, it's not quite money as bad as money, the whole, money. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's not quite as bad as what's going on in the Ukraine. Fucking Zelensky's showing up the interviews, fucking yacked out of his mind. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's just hand, hat in hand and begging for more money. And yeah, it's just it's silly. Yoked. Yeah, the whole thing. He just can't. You know, he, he's like that henchman that flaunts his shit. Like you know, right after the robbery, like he's gonna get them all caught eventually. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Like if they can yeah. be caught, Zelensky's going to be their downfall. This is what happens when you elect a comedian to fucking be a world right. leader. It's, it's, yeah. This isn't a, a Robin Williams movie. This shit, yeah, it doesn't work out long term. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, do, do you have access to letting um, Colin into the show? Because I, I don't. I just texted BRV to see if that's okay. possible. But yeah, BRV, I, I, if you're listening, yeah, see if Colin's yeah, in the room. Yeah, there you go. And Colin, um, you just sit there in the waiting room like a good little boy. Okay, and thank you, you very much. We're ready. We will wait you. until we are ready for you. What are you doing that's any better? You're going to be in the comments over here in Tuesday. Anyway. I know. You will wait until we're ready for you. Um, or at least until Bill, Billy Ray figures out what the hell's going on. He could be, <laughs> I don't know, he he could might, be asleep yeah, he's already. He's in a completely different room, just like 
chilling out watching TV. Yeah, probably. He's going to come back in an hour and see if we're still talking. Otherwise, this is just going to be running on YouTube. Or relationship <laughs> yeah. can be and we both just walk away and say, oh, I guess they're, they're done. Click. That's it. We're done. That's the end of the show. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this was brilliant. I think this was great on, on Paul Heyman's part. I love that he doubled down. Uh, I'm curious. I I don't think, like, Heyman's the type of guy that would, like, necessarily – check with everybody that he tagged <laughs> to right. see if this was okay but at the same time like i could i could actually see it in this case being the complete opposite where he wanted like you know plausible deniability and uh you know and and just put it out there and then doubled down on it and we'll see if this makes it to television i highly doubt it but man did he uh he really do you know a, a service to his brand and the bloodline and mm-hmm. uh, everybody's talking about this guy. Now, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily great that everybody's talking about the manager and not the workers, um, but hey, well, it's the uh, people, you know what I mean? This is the yeah. stem of it. It'll, it'll branch out. And if the boys know how to capitalize on it and like, obviously if, if Heyman does have some links to like creative, which I'm assuming he does, he can say, okay, let's, let's, we, here's some things that we can get out of this to get us more. He, even if it's just a, uh, I mentioned, you know, Paul Heyman getting a, you know, a tweet on X over the, you know, last couple of days that at least it causes people to go, Oh, he was, let me see. And then, yeah, you know, it's, it might be a little bit more cerebral, but you do get it out there and more eyeballs will see it. And then I believe he has deleted it by this point. Actually, I think the only evidence so maybe that, that did I... come from the office, like, Hey, Fox just fucking called me and they're, they're hot about that. Get rid of it. All right. Yeah. But he, he got it, it's like when Nancy Pelosi says shit about people, and then she says oh, it doesn't matter. No one reads their, their retractions anyway. Fuck it. If we have to say something, the lie is out there. People will believe it. And fuck it. If we have to put it on page six, you know, nobody reads it. And nobody cares anyway because the damage is already done. So there you go. And speaking hey. of damage, that's here yeah. to be uh, help destroy the WLR brand. It's everybody's favorite hoe. Colin Champion Lysong. That's right. There we have a is. O in this house. It is with the government name. <laughs> the full government well, name. Well, I didn't want I'm, to call you Snoochie Booches in front of everybody. I thought that was just between the two of us. Yeah, that was. That is. That is I'm, I'm, I'm wearing the Panthers beanie today in honor of Cam Newton, who took on like six dudes in one fight. Uh, I don't know if you've guys seen that video, but I did. six guys tried to sneak no. attack uh, Cam Newton, and he barely... Whooped all their ass. <laughs> did they know they were attacking Cam Newton? I believe I, they did, yes. But, geez. you know, a guy that's like six foot five, 250 pounds, who his whole career was him getting hit by linebackers and dragging uh, defensive linemen. I mean, I don't know what these guys were thinking. Well, he's got to be no spring chicken by now, right? He's got to be kind of getting up there, right? Yeah, he's, he's probably a crisp 37. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I, thought, yeah. I thought he was like in his like mid 40s, so I'm way off on that. Yeah, I don't know. He no, could he's, be he's, Yeah, he's definitely in his 30s because he graduated college in like 2012, 2013, I think. Was there somewhere like a around different Cam Newton? Like, I think there might have been a hockey player named Cam Newton that I'm thinking of. Cam Ward. This uh, d- definitely my brain remembers it as Cam Newton. Maybe it's the Mandela effect, so who knows? Mm. Uh, I, I heard you guys talking about uh, Paul Heyman and the, uh, his former life of being an ECW. Um, Striz, if you want to add something to your wrestling memorabilia collection, uh, Conrad Thompson is is selling the original ECW sign that used to hang in the uh, arenas. Um, his DMs are open for anyone that wants to uh, submit well, a bid for the original ECW sign. What was that, Bells? 
his DMs are open. This is how he's selling this thing. I just think I, I, yeah. I think this is a, I'm, you know, not for nothing in an era where there's a lot of like, you know, sexual trafficking allegations going on around. Maybe you don't open up the door to slide yeah. into my DMs for this valuable piece of merchandise. It just right. it doesn't sound like this is going to end up being a cash deal, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, but but um, you mentioned Heyman. And before we move on from Heyman, another wonderful thing that I happen to see on the Internet is apparently Heyman now has two cell phones. He's got one for The Rock yes. and like one for That's Roman. So bad which is brilliant like this is the type of shit that allows him to tweet things like he tweeted the five star david tweet as i'm gonna call it um yeah. he he just he, he just crushed it with this thing and then uh because he's such a brilliant you know uh you know just act actor writer like all everything about paul Heyman adds value to this company like that they're, they're not gonna do anything slap on the wrist at worst he will be at mania repping the bloodline rest assured yeah you know the thing that that's the, the brilliant part about the, the cell phone gimmicks that Polly does is one is like how old man are you that you don't realize you can get a party line with both of them on the same call on one phone, but obviously it's you know props galore. Yeah, it's but it's great. still a callback to his original character of being Polly Dangerously in AWA when he had the brick cell phone in 1985 or whatever it was, where he used to knock Jack guys out. So he's always had the cell phone gimmick. Now they're just smartphones. So I think it's kind of a neat thing that. He, to this day, he's still kind of bringing that in as part of his shtick, which I don't know if a lot of people kind of get that when they see the phone gimmick. It's like he was the cell phone guy when nobody had cell phones. He had the big New York City businessman, $3,000, five-pound phone that you could call five miles away. <laughs> you know, it was a big deal back then. It was, yeah. Heyman's uh, still a big deal now, and thank God for it. But uh, I don't have a whole lot else on wrestling as far as because well, <laughs> I didn't I watch a bunch. Say, oh, well, no, Elimination Chamber was just over the weekend. Okay, before you bring that up, about the ECW sign, before we get too far away from it, um, you said it was at uh, ECW Arena. I actually refereed there for ECW a few times, and I, I did a, a, loop or a couple loops with them as a referee. I was trying to get on the shows as a worker, and you'd work out with the boys before the show, me and my tag team partner. And uh, there was a referee named Pee Wee Anderson. No, Pee Wee Reese. I think his name might have been. His yeah, name was Pee Wee Reese, something. a different guy. He, yeah. he, he used to he used to um, drive um, Sabu around, and Sabu was notoriously late because he was probably getting fucked up before he'd get to the building. So to heat on Pee Wee for not getting Sabu to the show on time, I would get Pee Wee's bookings as a referee. So I got to make a whole bunch of towns, and one of them I remember being at at uh, uh, ECW Arena backstage and. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember seeing the sign there, but uh, it was a pretty pretty neat place to be. But I, I wonder why uh, um, Conrad is selling the sign, and I wonder what what it'll end up selling for, what he bought it for, and what it'll it'll go for. I mean, two CW, I mean two CW, ECW is so far removed now. They would they die in two thousand and nine or something like that, or I don't even remember. But not the the WWE version of it, but. It's been so long now. I, I don't know how many people would actually care about having it, but what they would do with it. Well, he's it, it's it's hanging currently in his studio, um, but he says you can't ever see it when he streams because of where it sits above his camera. Um, but I, I think he's moving to a new house or moving somewhere else, and his new studio is not going to be able to house the sign, so he's going to just get rid of it, let it go. But you know, come on, Strizz, there's a million marks out there that would pay top dollar oh, yeah. and get yeah. into a giant bidding war just to own a piece of ECW. Well, my, my buddy Josh, the owner of QCW and now Ravens Joint in Syracuse, 
he was a gigantic ECW fan, and uh, I'm sure he actually probably wouldn't mind having that. He's got the bread to do it, so I'll have to let him know about that. The whole impetus of 2CW was uh, when we were watching one day, we were living in upstate New York in Syracuse, and my buddy had a school, and he had a bunch of really good kids with lots of potential, and um, New York State is really tough to run shows. You have to be licensed, and there's a whole rigmarole, and it's a, really a pain in the ass. It's very anti-business. And uh, one day, we had bought the um, Rise and Fall of ECW on DVD. And Josh and myself, my wife, my buddy who had the school, and a couple other guys were watching this DVD, and they were talking about how like they were like the renegades of the business, and how nobody wanted to book them, and but they knew they had you know something in them that could draw you know people to the show and have a great time. And we're like, we kind of felt like, yeah, you know, that feels like what we're doing. You know, we're spinning our wheels here, but we have as much talent. As anybody you see on TV, we could do all the same things. We can do that. And the, 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 a spark went off in uh, Josh's head. He was like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's do it. And that was how 2CW began and had a great 10-year run because of the, that DVD was the, the beginning of it all for us. It's awesome. Yeah. Pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, I guess Elimination Chamber happened. I forgot that that was just this past weekend. Um but yeah, uh, anything in particular on this? Obviously, we had the two Elimination Chamber matches. We got the the big main event with two Australian-born stars. Apparently, Nia Jax also born in Australia. Um, but neither neither one of them were obviously born in Australia because it doesn't fucking exist. But they had to have been born somewhere. So where were they born? Um, I'm, it's a mystery. I'm not even going to delve into it. I, I can't say that I really care. But nevertheless, um, I did like the I like the women's elimination chamber match. I thought that was excellent. Uh, the men's did sort of seem a little predictable, other than like the little AJ Styles pop in, which was kind of cool and kind of reestablished uh, what what now looks to be the mania card. But uh, let's go, let's go to Colin first. Uh, Colin, what do you, what do you think about elimination chamber overall? Anything in particular that stood out to you? Uh, Logan Paul, uh, this guy is is coming into his own now i mean it, it who who would have thought he would have been this good at this moment in time I, I believe he's probably been grooming himself doing all the fake reality stuff on youtube that he's been doing for forever but uh he was in the pod with a microphone you know doing content and then drawing kevin owens on the thing you know him walking up to kevin owens and and kevin just going crazy on the cage like in this little pod and everything i i feel like uh we're looking at a guy who is, and and, and this is going to be a big, this is a lot for him. He is Miz 2.0. Because if you think about Miz, Miz grew up in that reality show era where no one believed. Miz didn't really have a following, but Logan Paul comes in with a giant following. He's got all these fans that just love what he does. And he's made, he's made for the wrestling business. He's made for fake entertainment. And I am excited to see what Logan Paul is going to do for the next 10 to 20 years that he's going to be in this business. Yeah, for sure. I, I wholeheartedly agree with the Miz comparison, too. And the fact that he is so athletic, I think, is great uh, making it that, you know, kind of like a 2.0. Like he is kind of like almost a better version almost. <laughs> I know that's crazy for me to say. But nevertheless, I do kind of think that that might be where we were going here. Um I knew very little about Logan Paul before he hopped over, but the little I did know, I was like, oh yeah, he could do this. <laughs> like I kind of just, it kind of made sense based on the limited, you know, amount of attributes I knew he had. Um, and so here we are. 
And uh, and I I think if anything, he can learn from the Miz by slowing down, be not taking such bumps all the time. Like, because that's obviously what's helped the Miz keep the longevity that that he's had here. But Striz, Logan Paul, and then yeah. uh, anything else from the Elimination Chamber you got? Yeah, Logan did a great job. He's a natural in the industry, and that's because he's been a lifelong fan. Everything he did outside of wrestling, his YouTube thing and everything, is as if he had a wrestler's presence. I think he watched like Attitude Era stuff as a very young guy and and developed a personality that was, in his mind, if I were ever a wrestler, this is how I would be. And now the transition, being such a naturally athletic guy, not just naturally, but also working at it, look at his body. And doing the boxing and all that other stuff. It's like wrestling was just like a natural fit for the kid. Uh, I don't see him lasting 10 or 20 years in the business because he's already worth 175 million bucks. This is just a side thing that he does for fun and clickbait yeah. and uh, help promote other projects like Prime. Uh, if he does it for five more years, I'd say, dude, it's too long. Don't don't stick around that long because you want to keep yourself special. Uh, and all the stuff. I didn't, I didn't hear the microphone stuff while the actual pay-per-view was going on. And I was watching it. I don't remember it. But I remember seeing later, hearing the audio, oh, this is me with devil horns. And it was like on Instagram I saw it. So I'm not sure if they were promoting. I don't. I didn't hear the mic during the pay-per-view, but it was, it was later I saw it on Instagram. But um, here, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that's good stuff. But in a way, him doing that is the distraction to what's going on in the match. And this is a grueling match. And everybody's getting hurt in this, regardless of wrestling being a work. It's a very tough match. And you're going to leave very, very sore. And if you're lucky, you don't get injured. So it's to to take away attention from a match that you're really putting a lot of physicality into and you're going to leave, you know, limping. And no one goes back to the hotel room without something, something aching. So it's a bit of a distraction. But it it suits his gimmick, it suits his character, and to have it as a side thing is okay. It's just they didn't focus on it too, too much during the actual match, and I'm glad that you had to go to a completely different thing to see that. It's just I think he needs to be paying attention to what's going on a little bit more than just being in that little world. Unless, hopefully, what it's coming down to is he and Kevin Owens do have a one-on-one match at Mania where Kevin either goes over. Actually, he doesn't have to go over, but you know, wins the U.S. title from – at least there's the tension on the U.S. title, which is ultimately what's good about that. As far as the Elimination Chamber goes, there's a couple of points. It's almost like, without a doubt, Rhea was going to be on – the main event, Mommy's on top. It just makes sense. They've been pulling that now forever. And, and I thought the whole week of the show, I'm like, they better have her in the main. My problem with it is if I was going to have her in the main event, I would have had her work Becky or Bianca, a bigger name, not Nia Jax. Um, so I would have built that up a little bit differently going into the main event because Nia Jax got her through the match and they did fine. But people were tired and it's a long night and it's lots of big bumps. So when you have a singles match, after two big gimmick matches when you've seen every star under the sun, and then it's Nia Jax, let's be honest. And I have nothing against Nia Jax. I just don't think, I think they could have put out a bigger name there. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice about the, the chamber matches is just like the Royal Rumble, I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but I felt like the women's chamber match was more exciting than men's title, uh, uh, chamber match. So that's two big pay-per-views in a row now where the girls are outshining the guys. And uh, maybe it's because the girls' locker room is a little hungrier than the guys right now. Uh, when I ever I watch NXT, I said to my wife just tonight as we were watching, NXT is like 80% women now. So there's a lot more focus happening on, on the women's matches and stuff. A lot of people are like, oh, F women's wrestling, and I don't like it, and this and that. You can say whatever you want. WWE is out there to produce a lot of uh, content for the, the lady workers because 
one, guys like looking at hot girls. Two, women like watching women have matches, you know, that the competitive matches and makes them feel like they're more of a part of it. So when you're trying to bring in a larger women's audience, the best thing is to involve more women in it and they'll watch it, which is that only makes sense. So, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't disappointed by the guys enter, uh, uh, elimination chamber match. I was entertained by it, but I thought the girls just kind of hit uh, the mark a little better with that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely like the women's match. Uh, go ahead, Colin. I, I did see a lot where uh, Tif- Tiffany Stratton uh, showed, like, did had a lot of like a positive feedback from her match in that. But uh, I, to your point about Becky uh, Striz, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of Becky burnout online with yeah. people that are fans and stuff like that. Like, like they they were kind of upset that she won the elimination chamber because they they're just kind of tired of of Becky as the man. Um, I don't know if that would have anything to do with why they didn't book her in that that sense to put her with with Priya instead of Naya, but maybe if they bitch enough, if they these these Becky crybabies they they cry loud enough, they'll change the WrestleMania main event and get Becky on out of there and substitute someone else that they want to see in there, like like uh, Bianca. Well, I think the whole point of it is that Becky versus Rhea is a bigger match and there's going to be more eyes on Mania than there is on the Elimination Chamber. That's just math. And when you're passing the torch, it has to go from one person to the next and it's going to be sequential. Becky was the last big deal in the women's division when she's closing out Mania's winning two belts at the same time. So the natural progression to get Rhea to where she needs to be the face of the company or at least the face of the women's division as a solidified star has to beat Becky. So the whole point of having Becky win the Elimination Chamber match is to get them the mania so they can finally have their their face off and have their match where I am imagining in my booking world, Rhea goes over and retains for one full calendar year because she won the belt from Charlotte at the previous WrestleMania in 39. So here we are at 40. We have a brand new star. 40 is a big number. It's a you know pillar. That's solidifying Rhea as the most dominant female worker in the industry. And then Becky goes off to help maybe make a few other people before maybe she calls it quits. I mean, she, I mean, people have to realize she's been up on the main roster now for almost eight years, has had her main events and has had her time in the sun. And now it's going to be her time to be a kingmaker or a queenmaker, if you will, and do to do for the other girls what has been done for her to get her to where she was. So I think it's just a natural progression of it. It's just that you had to swallow the win with Becky, whether you didn't want her to win, you wanted to win or not, to, to complete uh, not her story, but Rhea's story. And that's pretty much why they did that, I would imagine. Uh, I got to say, um, to all of the, you know, the Mark Tards, Mark Clars, and lovers of Clark Bars out there, if you if you guys are on this anti-Becky train, like this is not just because I'm a fan of Becky Lynch, but know your roles and shut your mouths, bitches. This, <laughs> this woman has been putting over fucking zoe stark fucking tegan knox fucking nia Jax, fucking you know she's been out there working the lower half of the card to try to establish somebody she went down to nxt she fucking made tiffany tiffany stratton a fucking star like the, the what do you want from her the, the this whole like becky gets pushed too much becky hasn't been anywhere near the main title scene in like right. nine months to a year it's yeah. time folks and and to striz's point she is still the biggest star, you know, argu- arguably that they have right now. So 
if Rhea is going to be the next one, mommy's got to, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And, and Becky is still the man until otherwise toppled. Also, a lot of I see a lot of the same criticism out there uh, saying, like, she needs to turn heel. Um, wait till WrestleMania, bitches. Like, I mean, like, just saying, who you needs want to turn heel? Becky, like that. She's just been she babyface for like too long. I was like, first and foremost, she already did that. Second of all, I think, you know, you do like the double turn with mommy here. Like mommy's obviously over with the crowd. She's obviously popular, no matter how much of like a heelish faction they try to make the judgment day. Like right. she's very popular. She's kind of a face already, whether she likes it or not. And now they just put a whole fucking show on in Madagascar, her supposed hometown, uh, all, you know, all, all about this with the crowd cheering. That's how the whole thing ends. So it's like, yeah, she's, she's kind of a baby face. Now yeah. Becky may very well end up by default, kind of having to play the heel a little bit here, prove yourself, you know, she can kind of talk down to, to Rhea throughout the course of this. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. But as usual, uh, the, you know, the, the masses out there just fucking this thing up left and right. Like we could have had a perfectly good WrestleMania card and you guys are trying to fuck this thing up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Bells. She still has a uh, Becky that is, has, still has a ton of equity in her, like lots of cachet from her past few years. And the, the heel run was sufficient for the time. I don't want to see her turn heel again, but she'll as a smaller baby face against Rhea, who is definitely a heavyweight wrestler. Uh, she's going to have to be more aggressive. Becky is and kind of more heelish just to stay in the match with uh, Rhea and be competitive with Rhea. But I could definitely, I, I'm going to predict that they close out night one. Beck, Becky and Rhea. I, I yeah. do think that's going to end up being the case. Although I, I, I know it, it that match over the Bailey uh, EO Sky match makes a lot of sense, but here's here's why I think the Bailey EO Sky match at least has a play. Um, Bailey's you know more than earned her keep. I feel like at this point over the course of time, is she as big of a star as Becky and Rhea? Probably not, even still at this point. But she is the only one of the four horsewomen who hasn't gotten a main event spot at a Mania so far. Um, you know, again, the work that she's put in trying to elevate, you know, all these other women that she's been involved with Dakota Kai, or, you know, not that necessarily Oscar needed elevating, but, uh, I think the other, the other two certainly did, at least as far as translating to the American audience and, and kind of being relevant in something other than just a, a token tag team. Um, but we ended up, you know, with her, her doing her thing. Also, you've got EO Sky on the other side of it. I don't believe a Japanese woman wrestler has main evented one of these matches yet. So, uh, they could put that feather in their Asuka, cap, check a, check a woke box. Uh, Asuka, did Asuka main event? I don't think she main evented that. Oh, unless the, it was with Charlotte. I can't remember yet. No. Yeah. I don't think don't they think did, did, but, uh, that was, I think they, but that you was, you have Charlotte waiting in the wings. And you've got Charlotte. Charlotte's been there and done that. Uh, we're on the de- we're on the back end of Charlotte Flair's career. Well, the, the one thing I, w- I did want to say it was kind of cool about the end of the Elimination Chamber for the women. It just felt less predictable. Like I kind of think like everyone kind of knew Drew was going to win the men's one, where the women's one was a little bit more open ended. They got down to the you know as they they kind of chipped away at it in the order of likelihood, right? Like they kind of like got rid of the first two women. Then you were down to like Tiffy, Liv, Bianca, and Becky. And then you get Tiffy out of there as, as wonderful as she is. I don't think she was, you know, going on to win WrestleMania. She, I think she did what she needed to do in that match to, to kind of shine. Uh, but then you get Liv, who's kind of got this, this backdoor angle with Rhea, where she's like technically the last woman who's pinned her. You got Bianca, who's obviously a physical specimen, and, and Becky, who's, who's a, you know, superstar. Um, and any one of those three could have won. And like, I probably would have went with it. Like, you know, would, would, would Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley necessarily feel like a, 
a, a WrestleMania, you know, championship match. I don't know. Maybe they could spin it somehow. If, again, everybody seems to fail up in this company co- company. She just got arrested not that long ago. Why not get a WrestleMania main event? <laughs> Liv Morgan, you're saying? Yeah. The, the, even when uh, WWE is sold to the next person, whoever decides to run wrestling, say it's Tony Khan himself, uh, Liv Wouldn't Morgan ain't cool? fucking touching uh, WrestleMania main event yeah. ever. Probably not, but they do have this weird thing they do with her, though. She's always in the mix. She was like one yeah, of the last couple banging people one of the, the producers. Rumble. Yeah, probably. No, oh, there you go. He said it's as simple as that. <laughs> Sorry to say it, but you know, well, god damn, you see certain talents stick around for longer than you can't even imagine why they still have a job. It's because they're banging somebody for the most part, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, now I can't get sued. Fair enough. Um, all right, so Billy Ray put Drew McIntyre, Cody Rhodes, and The Rock in our title here, so I think we should probably talk a little bit about him. We got Drew. Drew's going to WrestleMania, folks. Uh, Colin, what do we think about this? Um, I like it. I mean, I like, like we've been saying, you guys have been saying, Drew deserves to get his Mania moment in front of a crowd, um, especially if he wins and be able to hold the title in front of some people and either be this weird baby face Drew that is shitting all over CM Punk until we can build up to a CM Punk Drew McIntyre match at SummerSlam or even WrestleMania the following year. Um, let's go, Drew. He's been doing great work. The only other person that I would put in that spot over Drew would be R Truth because R Truth has been just killing it even more with, with what he's been doing with the Judgment Day and everything like that. Like, give R Truth a chance. Let our truth just think that he's still got the 24-7 title, even though he's got the World Heavyweight Championship. Figure something out. But but Drew's the right choice in this. What if they tag and they can beat our truth? I would love our truth to have the world title and think it's the 24-7 title. So he's still like walking around like looking over his shoulder everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good yeah um yeah our truth world champion for like a second can we do like we this is why the, the the championship scramble needs to come back we could have interim world champion our truth for like 30 seconds in the middle of the championship scramble match <laughs> everyone would be going fucking bananas for 30 seconds and then we could put it back on you know somebody who should well have we also have to remember bisexual undertaker is waiting in the wings with the uh, money in the bank briefcase uh, so he could pop up anywhere uh, during WrestleMania to to come in and 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 cash in on someone, depending on who wins what title. Well, you know who knows. That's true. That's, that's going to be an interesting thing to see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the, is Drew Seth. Like, I mean, now that we know what it is, what well, you know, what are we? What are we? Oh expecting? yeah, Drew and Seth is going to have. They're going to have a great match, and um, they'll, they'll they'll kill it and. I'm I'm seeing Drew walking out with the belt and Seth going on vacation. I, I know I, you got to figure Seth's taking a vacation. I've been saying that for weeks and weeks now, and he's way overdue. So is Becky. This seems like a perfect storm of nights where like they both end up doing the favors because it's just their turn to do that, and they both take like a nice, wonderful six month family vacation somewhere and get to both recover and be spend time with their family. It's, it it almost works itself out perfectly, and it sets up great business for Rhea being the new face of the ladies. Drew getting his moment in the sun after being the COVID champion. You know, it just kind of makes sense. And it sets up perfectly for SummerSlam for Drew to work Punk for the belt. When Punk gets his comeback, they have their heat already laying in now. It's at a simmering point. 
And then he's going to keep that going. And then Punk takes the belt to SummerSlam or at the nearest, earliest convenience. I imagine that'd be, I think that'd be a great main event for SummerSlam. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like it works itself out perfectly when you think about it. So, you know, it seems like the, the, the road to WrestleMania is already paved. And we're, I'm already thinking, how do we get around this? And we, we get to SummerSlam. And that's, that's kind of like how I forecast that. Yeah, I just I just kind of had a crazy idea as you were talking about it as as I was thinking back to uh, moments ago when I was talking about Rhea Ripley essentially having to face turn. What if we end up in a situation where like the whole judgment day turns face, right? Like we got Seth is kind of baby face going into this thing with Drew, Drew wins, and then Damien bisexual undertaker comes running out, cashes in, and by, oh, by the way, it looks like Dominic might be trying to challenge Gunther. Could we end up in a situation where Judgment Day ends like night one holding all the gold? Never say never. I, I, I could see um, pretty much the breakup of Judgment Day after Mania. You know, Rhea's got her thing with the, the world title. She's a, officially a baby face. She has to have this angle with Dominic and figure out where he's going to lay and all that. Um Priest does whatever he's going to do, possibly intercontinental title cash in. That's what I kind of picture. Um, whether he wins it or not, that is irrelevant, but that's kind of where I see that going. And then that leaves, um, you know, uh, Finn and JD McDonough to be a tag because they're longtime good buddies and would probably be a fantastic tag team. They can stay in the tag division, either have the belts or not, or chase them. And who, because whoever beats Damien and Finn, that, that you know, Damien goes after the Intercontinental Division. I, I actually Finn don't know that. I, I don't know tag. that Finn signed beyond WrestleMania, and I, I, at least the last I was reading about oh, it. I, I, I don't know. The, yeah. Well, for JD McDonough's sake, I hope Finn is because I could see them being like, "All right, we don't need you anymore because you were just pretty much we hired you because your friend wouldn't shut the fuck up about it." And so, you know, not like he's making any big waves, and he's only there basically as a um, comic relief to talk about his great big bobble in the head. That's about all he offers. Uh, I know you are a big fan of him in NXT UK, but right. um, I don't know. I just think some guys, yeah. I don't know, are, are better when they're bigger fish in smaller ponds, and I think he might be one of those guys. Yeah. When did he, he actually cut a promo on Bill Oak? He did. He cut That's a true. promo on me. He told me he was going to catch my punk ass down the road. Shout outs to old Athers. Hope he's listening. Hope he's well. Um, but, yeah, we've got a uh, – yeah, Jordan Devlin. Like, I, I mean, I could almost see the office being like, "Why do we need Finn Balor? We've got Jordan Devlin." <laughs> like, I can almost see like somebody in that in their office, like kind of seeing them as basically the same guy. When, but they'll do it for fucking sixty percent less. Bingo. He's he's you know he's Wish dot com Finn Balor basically. So they can they could just plug him right in there. And... <laughs> Great value. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, when you see him standing next to you know, our truth even, or, or God, you know, f- fucking bisexual undertaker for that matter. Like, yeah, Jordan Devlin doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't look all that scary standing next to the big boys. Uh, he was great in NXT UK. He was great. You know, it would have been great in a world where they actually did like a cruiserweight division and, and kept it, you know, uh, yeah. on the up and up. But uh, yeah, it's just, there is a, a laughing stock of judgment. Day. <laughs> there is a current conversation going on in my household about how I would, Reintroduce uh, the cruiserweight championship to the main roster in WWE or even in NXT. Uh, I think there's definitely a call for it. Um, I know everyone's like more titles. Oh my god! But once they get out everything, you know, if they can get the world titles down to one thing, they get the tag titles down into one guy. Just get rid of the extra belts, and they kind of start consolidating some shit. I think there's more than enough room and more than enough talent to support it. They, 
like Tyler Bate and Dunn. They're just in a random tag team that really, I know they just kind of kicked it off, but there, there's so many guys who are under two, 210, 205, even under 200 pounds that would have fantastic matches and it just gives them something to kind of have something to have an angle over to fight over. I think there's more than enough room for it, especially if they kind of floated it between shows where it could be anywhere. There's definitely enough guys that could make a run for that if they booked it in a, you know, a serious position, which they, you know, they always seem like they have the best intentions with it and ends up being kind of like a joke towards the end. But if they could just keep it serious with great talent, like tell me who wouldn't want to see a Chad Gable run as the cruiserweight champion. The guy is, he's like a mini Kurt Angle and could definitely be a great pillar stone in that kind of, a you know, the cruiserweight community, if you will. Yeah, yeah, he's got be. good people that he could go against in that too. He's got Gargano, he's got Champa. Yeah, you know, throw Dom in the mix every once in a while. So there, there are a lot of good matches that, Tons as you guys. said, that, that could happen down in in that that under two hundred five weight class. Yeah, do they go back and do the cruiserweight classic and two hundred five live and all that sort of stuff again, or is it just open the show like so, Nitro? They just yeah, do something like that. I, I have to say, I was really, I, I was gung ho for the two hundred five live show, and I never really ended up getting around that to get into my watching schedule but at least it showed at the time they were willing to put something behind it and they, they used to change the ropes to purple when they bring the title up on tv and they put some work behind it that's that takes effort that takes a lot of manpower to do that kind of stuff so it started out in the right idea and it just didn't you know didn't turn into anything but like 14 year old me loves 205 live the fact that they were even touring it as its own brand and then doing some 205 live slash nxt House shows. That's I love like off-brand shit and like random like minutia and like a niche of a niche of a niche. And that's it's right up my alley to have that kind of weird shit. It's just I I, I almost feel like there should be a market for that. It's just you know you're gonna it, 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 in my mind it draws like an indie. Like you maybe get five hundred people. You maybe get eight hundred people if you build it up a little bit. But um, it kind of maybe for WWE comes off looking a little too small time, but. I think the people who love it would support the shit out of it. Absolutely. Anyway, like I said before, Billy Ray put The Rock and Cody in our uh, in our title here on YouTube, so I guess we should talk about them. Obviously, I'd love to talk more about the People's Champion, uh, but I don't really want to talk about the other guy at all. So uh, I don't have many thoughts on this. It is kind of interesting that he called him out. It's starting to wonder, uh, you know, Cody calling out the rock. That is, I'm starting to wonder, are like, are these guys going to be doing some sort of double duty? Are they going to do that bullshit tag match with Roman and rock versus Seth and Cody night one? And then, you know, let, let something play out the next night or whatever the case may be. I, I, I kind of hope they don't do that mostly for Seth's sake, but I don't really want to see Cody twice either. Um, less is more. And right. uh, by the way, like you, you already fucked up and, and ruined the rock versus Roman. So, like, don't try to make up for it now. Just fucking, you made your bed, lie in it. I don't need to be overexposed to this fucking slim shady wannabe. But, uh, Striz, what do you think before we go to Colin? Well, I'll tell you what my wife was just saying earlier tonight. Right, maybe it was during Raw on Monday. They should have just went with what they, they fucked Cody out of the thing and it was going to be The Rock versus Roman. They should have just pushed forward with that and, and like, just taken the booze because... When you see the ratings on paper, the actual real numbers, The Rock is bringing numbers to the to the TV show. And he's bringing people back that haven't watched for a while. And that is interest. And that's, you know, that's money. You know, what sounds bigger? 
Roman Reigns versus The Rock or Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes in a rematch. The Rock. Then the show is yes, the show sells itself out, but it could get more people to watch Mania on Peacock, which could be to you know lead to subscriptions and yada yada yada. But they should have just pushed through it. And when she was making the argument, I go, you know what? I think you're right. But like us, the the Cody crybabies, if you will, and I'm certainly guys. Everybody knows I'm not like pushing for Cody because I I can hardly effing stand the guy. Um, I was like, well, you know, they wait, they they take a shit on the entire year's business, two years business, really, when you think about it, because he was supposed to, the Rock was supposed to do that match at Mania 39, and they didn't, they fucked it then, and they fucked it again this year. So we'll give Cody his match. He earned it. He's worked the whole year. He had to work with Lesnar a hundred times. God damn it. The kids fucking bled for this thing. Let him have it. But, you know, it's like one of those things. You can just go back and forth and say, which is right. But at the end of the day, and I hate that expression, but it's at the end of the day, what's going to do more business? And the answer is the rock. So I don't, but I don't want the extra shit that the Cody and Seth tag versus the Roman and rock tag. I don't want any of that. It's just going to muddy the waters further. And then do the, something happen? Where, oh, the, the Rock elbowed Roman in the, in the nose by accident during this tag match. It's like, ugh. It just gets too wrestling. And you just see these things a mile away and you go, oh, for the love of God, why, did you, why didn't you just stick with what you had? But they pivoted and it's just, it seems like every week there's another scenario coming up on how to make this fucking worse. And I, th- I don't want that tag match. I don't want Triple H physically involved in anything with The Rock. Let that be what it is. It's done. The pacemaker, the whole thing, you're done. That's it. I know you still want to be involved. Some, it's, You know, hey, I'm 50 years old. I'd love to be involved. It's not happening. And, you know, you got to be good with it at some point. You know what I mean? Like, just, just put it away. So, I guess what it comes down to, sorry to drawn on about it is I guess they probably it makes the most sense that they would have just stuck with when they made the decision it's going to be the rock and Roman. This yeah. is it. We've made our bed. The rock's been on television on these shows. This is going to be the match and then it's not we all look like fucking idiots. We're there's egg on all of our faces now. We're all guilty of this crime. They should have just said fuck it, we're going with it. If those fags want to fucking, and I say that obviously as a term of endearment, hell, I'm half a fag myself. Like, if they want to go out there and cry during the match and boo, let them do it. But this is the money. This is where we're going with. And that's just how it's going to be. Fair enough. Colin. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, Striz, and I like what you're saying. But for WrestleMania 39, I'm not putting that on the WWE, I'm putting that on the rock. Putting that on the rock because he's too big of a movie star. He wanted the, all this. He probably wanted more money than what Vince was willing uh, what to was pay that? him. And what now was that? that he's he's what? Now that he's he's he was a big movie star. It's too big of a star, Colin. Too big, yeah, yeah. But it, he, I feel like he needs this now because this. I feel like this is going to reset him. Hopefully for Hollywood. Where he will be like, you know what? I can take a role where I can be the bad guy, where I can get beat up, where I can, and that might help rejuvenate his Hollywood career to a fact where he will let Black Adam get his ass kicked by Shazam as the way it should, right? But I, so I, I can't put any of the blame for anything. We should have already had Rock and Roman at WrestleMania 39. So for the Cody Crybabies to come out and change the main event 
we're still going to get Rock and Roman. Yeah, it's probably not when we wanted it, but it, we didn't get it when we wanted it because we wanted it last year. And and the Rock screwed that up for everybody. Yeah. And Ego. In, all, in, in, in all reality, I'm excited for this match, but I really want to see what LA Knight and, and AJ will probably do at WrestleMania. Honestly, I want to see what kind of match Logan Paul and 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 KO are probably going to have at WrestleMania. I, you know, I'm I'm kind of tired of the storyline. I, I feel like we, we already know what's going to happen. Cody's probably going to win. Then we're going to get set up for Rock and Roman at 41. It's it's like you said, it's wrestle by numbers. It, you can already see it's coming from a mile away. So let me just look at other things that we've got coming. You know, we've got Tomatonga supposedly Ugh, coming back. Cares. We've got we've got Ty Dillinger back in in nxt you know so yeah. there's there's a lot of good things that we can look forward to uh in the future as well as getting cody to to win this title and be who cody is because i feel like they're setting up cody to be the next john cena if you've seen a lot of the things that he's doing outside of the cameras you know he's gender reveal he's doing Ugh. the uh best best man at that dude's wedding oh, you know he's, he's doing he's that do, baby's he's bringing He's bringing a lot of the stuff that they used to do at the end of AEW shows over to the WWE to give people that done five that stuff or ten over 50. the years. But yeah, I know what you're saying. No, they have. No, but I mean, yeah, because they had the the Booker T doing the Spinneroonie stuff yeah. with everybody when they tried to get Did Taker and all that. But they're yeah. yeah, they're but they're kind of bringing it back now and showing it to people so that you can see, hey, we are a fan friendly yeah. organization. Cool not yeah, just, I wonder, yeah, I wonder why yeah. that is. Fishing for some good press these days, it seems. Exactly. Uh, please don't waste your time, Colin, being excited for Tama Tonga and uh, Sean Spears. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of guys I like that those level guys, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great job, and they're going to make a killing them. They make a ton of money more than they would working at Target, that's for sure. But they're just they're going to be filler. And that's literally the only reason they're there is to help get other guys over. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a great job, and they can be utility players and really help out in the pinch and do some good time on TV, and that's fine. But to think like, oh, they're going to really start building around them, that's absolutely not going to happen, especially Sean Spears, who's already been there. He started in AVW, uh, OVW like 16 years ago. They're not going to start pushing this youngster, Sean Spears. That's the favorite hire to Cody, just like, you know, uh, any other favorite hire like JD McDonough, he's he's going to be JD McDonough on NXT. That's it. That's all it is. But um, uh, there's another point I was going to make uh, with the Rock. This is this is my prediction at the end of Mania. You're going to be seeing two guys in the ring uh, holding the title up. It's going to be the Rock holding up Cody's hand with the belt in between the two of them because the Rock's ego is so big that he can't not be a part of that last moment. And then he's going to make it look like. Look how big of a star I am. I'm, I'm passing the torch. Here, kid, have the ring all to yourself. You've earned it. They have that shot of him on the floor. Oh, big salute. Oh, love you, bro. I was on your side the whole time. But because in, in his head, it's like, I'm giving him the rub. Now he's a star. Fuck I mean, you. They, they had fucking they Brock Lesnar hug this guy. I'm worried The Rock's going to drop to his knees in the middle of the ring at the at the conclusion of this thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, for fuck's sake, how much you more know what do he should do this is guy's ass? For what? He left you. Started competition. Why? That's Why? Right. Why are they so fucking obsessed with this guy? I don't know. But the, when The Rock is holding up Cody's hand, Cody, they should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then The Rock turns his back. Cody nutshots The Rock and takes him and shit cans him over the top rope. Gives him the double fuck you, and then that will be the fucking pop. And that's the rock who should be eating crow at the end of that because he fucked up the last two years of mania. Is like, 
No, fuck you, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Then, then, Cody is a star. But he goes, I never needed you. Fuck you. You won't, You know, you think you're going to take my rub at the end of this match and say that you're giving it to me? Sorry, pal. Get the fuck out of here. I am really looking forward to Cody's heel run. That much I will say. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to love it when it happens. Well, no, no, I'm just talking about just in general. Like, I am looking forward to the day. Like, because I think, like, if he does win this title, if if they don't have Priest cash in on him, like, a heel turn is coming pretty quickly around the corner. Like, I, I, I feel like that would just be again the guy's a nightmare like right like i mean how many how many like how long does this need to drag on where it just doesn't make any sense he's a natural heel he looks like a heel he he even when he's doing baby face shit it feels disingenuous to the yes, point to where there's a heel deep inside this man because he's a terrible person he is a terrible person although he, he did cure racism so there is that yeah, he certainly did. And by the way, I have been talking about the heel Cody turn for a, a while now. And the best way to do it is if they decide to put the keep the belt on Roman in a clean pin at Mania, and that drives him so nuts, Cody, that he just grows the hair out, grows the beard out, and he's he becomes desperate, Cody Rhodes, and where he'll just hold on to Roman's head and just beat the ever living piss out of him. Not to Cody. Hey, look at my wrist. Not only do I have a wristwatch, I also have a pocket watch. And I have a freaking revolver in my garter belt and on my sock because I'm from 19-fucking-12. He looks like a paper boy from the fucking 1800s sometimes. It's a, ridiculous. It's completely not a, a look that you, you cannot relate to the guy with because it's just so stupid. Like, having the fake teeth is one thing. I get it. But, like, the helmet of hair that's been cut, like, 10 minutes before TV but never dies it fresh except for once a month. If you're going to get a haircut, get your fucking hair dyed. If you're going to keep the blonde hair, make it look fresh every week. But the three-piece suits have to go. The fucking Argyle fucking double-knit socks got to go. The alligator shoes got to go. Because nobody can relate to that. People who had to spend $200 to go to Raw, and they're like, oh, fuck. Well, I guess we can eat cereal next week because we're gonna. my kid wants to go and see Cody Rhodes at wrestling. It's like, it's like it doesn't go into his head of, wow, this is a great look if I were a heel. But if he did actually become heel, I want to see him not in the suits, but like almost in almost not like tattered clothes, but look like he's been up for five days in a row with that stubble and that that sharpness in his eyes. It was like, I'm gonna beat the piss out of the first person that walks into this room because he's been just so fucking wronged or you know, like I I'm getting desperate and I said I was gonna do something and now I look like an idiot for not doing it. I tarnished my family's legacy everybody's eyes were on me and I fucked it two years in a row. How can I do that? And then he just becomes a madman. I love it. I'm like, there's so many possibilities here, Colin. If, if you can have it one of these two ways, had, how, do, how are you going to take your, your Cody championship? A Roman wins clean this year. And we run this shit back for a third round next year. And Cody eventually wins or B <laughs> Cody just fucking low blows Roman, gets the cheap win, completely ruins 1,500 days of championship reign, and all of wrestling integrity goes heel and just like out of out of pure desperation, refuses to get fucked over this year, cheats, wins, and turns heel. I mean, I, the, the second option is totally the way that I would want to see it go because he, he basically had Roman pinned 
last year, and Solo had to get involved. So storyline-wise, he can beat Roman without Roman being able to beat him clean. So I would love, and, and it fits in with Striz's heel turn there. You get him the nut shot. He, the son of a son of a plumber, is really the son of a jackass. He's out here to fucking do what he's got to do, stardust and everything, fuck all of y'all. I, I am going to run amok into WWE and, and be, y'all thought I was clean Cody. Guess what? And I'm not, I'm, I'm, we get Hollywood Cody where he just comes out and starts cutting promos on people and, and doing shit like that. Like I can see the second option being the best option instead of Roman pinning him clean and uh, us getting another story. Cause then you're going to get all the, the rock cry babies getting on there, hitting, hitting their keyboards, talking about well, we're supposed to get rock and Roman. Why didn't we get Rock and Roman? You know, yeah, we we need Rock and Roman. We need Rock and Roman. See, as I as I was saying it, the second option, uh, the second option obviously sounded better, but the first one is now like just to see, just to just to see that text from Billy Ray when Cody loses clean again this year. (laughs) I think would be worth another year of this bullshit. The fans would riot like the fans would riot like they did in the seventies and eighties at WrestleMania if Roman pins him clean. Like so, you so would some not fucking hear the Cody crybaby is going to set himself on fire in front of WWE headquarters. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and then yeah. Paul Heyman's going to retweet and talk about how Roman's burning the house down. That's right. <laughs> if, if if I were Cody, and you find out, and I don't know when they would tell you the week before Mania or. The month or the day of, or while you're in Gorilla waiting to go into the ring, it could be all of those. It could be all of those because they could tell you a month it's going to be something, and it could change ninety times until then. Literally, they can tell you once you're in the ring, we made a change, and you go with it. That's why the referees have earpieces. If I were Cody, and I was told, you know, dude, I want we we want to get you there. You will get there. But it's not going to be tonight. I say, okay. I go out there and I do what I have to do. I do my job, do it the right way, go out on my back. But if I found out that was happening, I would call Tony Khan and I'd say, hey, listen, you want me on uh, Dynamite this week? You take care of all the lawyer fees and I'm yours. You make me a top guy and I'll run your fucking we'll run this thing and we're going to fucking talk shit about WWE every fucking minute of our programming until, you know, the, the, the minute Cody shows up, he's not there on Raw. Where the fuck is Cody? He didn't show up. Has anybody heard from Cody? And you just go fucking completely fucking radio silent. Wednesday opens up. There's more than one wrestling family. <laughs> that fucking place would come fucking unglued. The ratings for that show would easily triple for that, at least that one episode. Oh, yeah. And Cody goes out there and goes, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> the one time it would actually really be the one time I'd like it. it. Yeah. And people would be like, yes! Fuck WWE. Fuck them. He's back. Then becomes the top babyface player in AEW. That, yeah. And that would be the, the greatest thing that he could ever do in his career would be like, fuck you, WWE. You had me. You had me white hot twice. You fucked it both times. Peace. Let the, 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 let the billionaires ballot out in court and just 
put your head down and be a bulldozer and make some fucking waves in AEW. That's how that's how I would do it. I just don't know if the AEW fans would allow him back into their home. I think if they saw him coming, knowing all the bullshit that's happened in the last two years, if you don't, then you're just, you know, we have have people. These people 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 are morons. They'd probably be mad about it somehow. They got Okada and Mercedes Monet. They don't need Cody. Yeah. If that's the case, you make him a heel and say, I'm going to do the same thing that's been done to me. I'm going to take the championship that you people, you know, love the most, and I'm going to hold it for five years. I'm going to hold it hostage, and no matter who you put in the ring with me, nobody's going to touch this unless I let them, and it ain't happening anytime soon. So, boom, you marry where you just came from, and you become the top heel. Either way, you're the top guy. So what's true? Is he going out there, like, if they say that he's supposed to lose the title to Darby Allen, is he, like, going out there and wrapping the knuckles up like Undertaker did? When he when he wrestled Shawn Michaels, like I'm gonna take this. I'm, he's not taking this title from me. I'm about to whoop this little kid's ass in this ring. Like, is that what yeah. he's doing? Yeah. I think that, I think Cody's a smart guy, and if the money is right, he'll do whatever he needs to do. If, if that was the case, like, you want me to drop it to Darby? Okay, I made like eight million dollars in the last two years on merch alone. Yeah, sure, put the kid over. It just makes it hotter when I come back and take the belt from him in a month and a half when he doesn't get over. But. Now, I'm just saying, like, if, if if Cody were to get fucked out of it this year and not win, and, like, you're essentially, you're castrated at that point. You're, and not to say that's a bad level, you're intercontinental level, but at best at that point, and it's always going to, no matter what title you ever win, it's going to seem like a consolation prize at that point. That title is immediately devalued because it becomes, like, the tertiary title. Even though we already know what that is, to have Cody have that, other anything other than the, the, the top belt, is seen as less than, and you know he can only be a top guy, or why be there? So if we weren't going to be that guy, and go, they, they, essentially because they make these promises, like to uh, humiliate me for either one leaving the company beforehand, or talking shit about it, or throwing the sledgehammer through the game's chair, or whatever it is. Fuck this! I'm just going to go make waves and let Tony Khan worry about the lawyer fees. Well, well, while he was in AEW, Striz, he put the stipulation in his contract that if he lost that match, he could never vie for the AEW championship again. So So long as he was under contract and now he's not under contract anymore, you got to write up a new contract. (laughs) There's ways around every single thing that could ever possibly happen in wrestling. Of course. Yeah, I know you know. I know you know. I always thought that was kind of a good move on his part. Like, in as it was happening, him not putting himself on top, thought like it kind of felt like a good move to me. And then now looking back at it, I almost wish he had done it. Six months, put him on, put him, put yourself on top. Can you fucking carry the weight of this company, this belt? You know, all that of what you guys are trying to do it. over there. It would have been really interesting. I think I'd be a lot more into his run now if I had like some confidence, some precedent. To, to come off of, but it's not like he left and, and really carried a W main evented some stuff. He did, you know, the, the matches with his brother were fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I appreciated all of his work. I, I liked everything Cody did from the list up until his return. And then I was kind of just scratching my head. Like what the fuck is going on here? And I think it's that confusion that has led to now my hatred of it. That and Billy Ray loves him. So fuck him. <laughs> Yeah, the list stuff was good because it kept him busy coming out of the uh, WWE. He lashed himself onto the Bucks, which was a surefire deal. 
Yeah. And uh, it helped, helped Cody way more than it helped the Bucks. The Bucks would have uh, been fine without Cody. It, oh, it, and hats off more. to the Bucks for finally figuring out they should have been like fucking authoritative heels this entire time. Like five, it only <laughs> yeah. took them fucking five years into the run, but like God, God love them, they finally got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Cody made made out pretty good in his deal with AEW. So, but maybe he, like I said, he didn't put himself on top because maybe there was a little um, question of okay, now I'm here and now it's put up a shut up time, and when you are the top guy and. You know, it's, it, wrestling is more than just whoever has the championship, but at the, at the same level, in a promoter's eyes, if you're my top guy and you're my top draw and you're my top moneymaker, and all of a sudden, it's like when Shawn Michaels won the belt and all of a sudden, half your viewing audience is gone and nobody seems to give a shit anymore. And they say, oh, fuck, how do we get out of this? So, you know, the TNT championship was kind of a safe thing because it didn't really mean anything. It was brand new. And, uh, you know, the... It was probably for him a, um, a litmus test as to can I do something bigger here or Jesus, maybe I should pull back a little bit and I'll do my EVP stuff and uh, get guys over on TV that don't really need it or don't deserve it at this point, aren't ready for it. And uh, it'll make me look like a baby face to the fans because they, they get this and they know I'm helping guys get to the next level kind of thing. Self it's, it's self-serving bullshit by looking like you're you're being like the rock pack right. Cody That's, on the back with yeah. belt. Yeah, it kind attrition, of felt I guess you'd say babyface through attrition. Yeah, exactly. It's all done with um, backhanded moves and uh, you know ulterior ulterior motives. Really, he should have just stayed and stuck with the Stardust thing. Would have been better for all of us anyway. Uh, <laughs> I like what, Stardust. I'm going on the record to say I like Stardust. Me too. I did too. And his entrance music is awesome. And whenever it comes on in the car, I, I blast it. There, I said it's it. great. It was a good. I I I loved it at the time. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought it was great. But uh, anyway, uh, Stardust be damned. Uh, let's let's get the fuck out of here, Colin. Thank you for joining us. Oh, uh, you know, hoe of honor over here. Uh, <laughs> um, tell the people where they could find you. Oh, you can find me on the X at Colin Wysong. Um, and then uh, make sure you check out the A Show. Uh, every Wednesday, I think seven seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, with uh, April Hunter and some gay dude that works glory holes in the uh, in in the inner city of New York. Um, I don't know who that guy is. I um, neither do I. Yeah, but he has cankers. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he got some new knee pads for Christmas, and uh, he squeegees the floor and everything after he's done. Yeah. Wow. Hey, gotta gotta respect the man who uh, you know takes pride in his craft. But um, pun pun on the pride. But nevertheless, uh, Striz, tell the fun people they could find you. Uh, well, speaking of the A show, I just got that back into my listening uh, purview this last past week, and I got to listen to about twenty minutes of a the, the latest episode, and it was entertaining. I, I like listening to April. It brings me back a little bit to the the end of the, the last few days of Killer Kowalski's wrestling school where she was training just as a beginner at the time. So I, I'm going to try to, now that I have a few weeks off, I'm going to try to maybe listen to a couple of past episodes. And um, it's good to hear Colin on a show. Um, I miss him and um, Big Ray doing the Ridiculously Random Podcast. That was always one of my funnest listens of the week. And um, so it's good to see have you doing something with on a show, Colin. You're, you're missed. I always like your take on stuff. You're a very intelligent dude. And Bells is holding up a picture with me, Killer Kowalski, and Triple H from Malden, Massachusetts from, I believe, 1993. 
that was in Gong Magazine when they had look at that trio. Japanese photographers. Strange. Uh, that's 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 the that's the second coolest trio you've ever been a part of. It's that's the shoot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it's, like I was saying, like I, it's good to hear they're calling on some shows. It's good to get ready to listen to a couple of A shows in the next couple of days. And if anybody has any good shows they want me to check out, I'd love to listen to them. I have lots of time coming up. So send me a link. I know Big Ray is in the chat. Ray, if you could send me um, a link on our Facebook Messenger feed that we have going of uh, maybe the last NXT show or two, I'd like to hear those. It's been a while since I've heard that show, and I do miss it. It's a good show. Uh, but uh, you, just, those you, you know you're getting a link of a dick now. You know it. Like no, why? No, he was why better. We think? we no, we we had a discussion about uh, random dicks. And uh, there was a discussion, it, folks. Yeah, it was. Um, so follow me on the X if you'd like to contact me at Steve underscore and uh, send me what you're listening to right now. And um, it can let it range from anything, whether it's baseball, real estate, investing, whatever, you know, wrestling, anything that you like listening to that you think maybe I'd get a kick out of. I'd love to give it a listen. And uh, well, he this is going to send you the kayfabe link. And we know you're never, ever ever gonna show up on the next level wrestling podcast uh, unless bellows hosting the show that's the only time you're ever gonna show up and even then he only invited me once and it's because i was like bellow i want to come on the show he's like oh fine i hate i hate all guests on all shows ever uh just be <laughs> he hated up. having me on even during the, the show like, forever uh, all, all dozens and dozens of the next level wrestling podcast fans. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it at this point in the broadcast. Billy Ray, if he's I'm sure he's lurking in the wings because he's got to turn this feed off. Uh he would tell me that he's gonna catch his punk my punk ass down the road. He would be wrong as he always is. But uh nevertheless, anyway, this is an emergency broadcast. March 10th, the Ravens joint Clay New York morons. Go to pro wrestlingtees.com and buy yourself a t shirt, morons. Yola. The fuck just happened here? That's like that was weird. at least my milk is still here. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that milk drinking bastard. That's that son of a bitch. Listen, don't come between a man. That's it. Don't become don't come between a white man and his milk. Let's be very specific about this. Amen. But never <laughs> nevertheless, that's it, folks. We got nothing else for you. You can find me on the X at the Andrew Bellow. And uh, you could find us back here on Hum. Yes, there we go. On the Hamin Media Group and on uh, PW Hustle and uh all of that good stuff next week. Hashtag WLR. Hopefully Billy Ray's turning this off now. Peace. Peace. I like big kitties, by the way.